Hey everybody, welcome to my video log. What could be better than a day with Chris Russo? Chris, welcome to the video log news. Hello, Peter. So, uh, I mean, so much has happened. You and I got together in Morrow Hall on February 9th, and right. we talked about the glory of God as a human being fully alive and what's the role of sports there. That was before any of us ever heard of COVID-19. It was 14 and a half weeks ago, and it seems like 12 years ago. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, I've been at home since, uh, I think I've done 40, after this week, Friday, it'll be 51 shows. So roughly about 49, 50 shows so far. Uh, I've been home since probably March 15th, somewhere along those lines. Um, you know, uh, I've had a million guests. You know, there's been enough developments here and there where I can figure out a way to do a radio show. Uh, you know, I've done some book authors. You know, I had Brady go to Tampa. I had the NFL draft. I had the NFL schedule. Um, you know, I mean, there's been enough. I had, you know, some passings, Don Shula. Uh, you know, there's been enough going on where I have been able to get through the shows. I mean, some days a little bit more taxing than others. I would say probably four shows are awful out of the 50. But for the most part, I think we've been, I've counted them. Uh, for the most part, it's, it's been okay. We've gotten through it. Uh, finding a way to uh, finding a spot to start the show is tricky. Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you start on a day like middle of May? What, what do you start with? I mean, uh, you can you know scream about uh, plans, NBA and baseball. You can scream about the baseball union and the owners. Is uh, uh, you know you can talk about Disney for the NBA. You can. I mean, there's things you can do, but as far as every day uh, during this period, you're not going to have a major topic. So you're going to have to be you know, somewhat creative. The Jordan documentary helped too, Peter. Yeah, you know, yeah. I had, uh, you know, that aired two hours a day, uh, two hours every Sunday for five weeks. And, you know, we did at least a show, maybe a show and a half uh, on the previous episode the following week. So that helped us a little bit too. So there's been enough to work with, but, uh, you know, right now, uh, you know, as you head to the early part of the summer, it's a little tricky. Yeah, that's an understatement here. I say in the New York Times today, the sports section, which is so anemic, it's unbelievable. Two pages. One about one about gymnastics and all the trouble they've had. And really, page two was all about Jordan. It was about shoes and whether or not that documentary was any good. So I it was. Uh, yeah, I saw it. Um, and I mean, that's where, you know, my calls have been pretty consistent. They've been pretty loyal. A lot of people are cooped up. Uh, we wondered if, in fact, when we began this uh, ordeal here, whether calls would be, you know, part of the equation because they're not in cars. So you wondered if they were going to contribute, you know, when they're not on the road. And they have. At least my audience has. So yeah. it really hasn't been that many days where I said, geez, there's nobody here. Who am I talking to? You know, that dreaded feeling that you're talking to nobody. Yeah. There haven't been that many days like that. So for the most part, it's been better than I thought, for the most part. I mean, Chris, let's face it, you're a professional talker. You're, you, and you have an encyclopedic memory of, of things that nobody even ever heard of. So uh, you've got stuff going on. You've been able to look in the rearview mirror a little bit and talk about some previous games, talk about Don Shula and the great, uh, great coach that he was. So let's take a moment here and, and just have you speculate forward here. So uh, what do you think of summertime? Sports world in summer. I, I think uh, there's going to be such a financial hit if these sports don't play that I think they will do their damnedest to get out there. If you notice in the last three, four days, there's been a movement here with the colleges. Notre Dame, you know, August 10th, the fall goes well. I got a kid, Colin, going to Wisconsin. They're going to open up. 
Uh, you know, Ohio State said the other day that, uh, you know, maybe there's a way we can put 20,000 fans in the stadium. So, I mean, you know the SEC is going to play football. Uh, you know, those states are going to play football. Alabama, LSU, places like that. Uh, Georgia. So uh, I think you will see a little bit more of an opening here uh, in the next few weeks. The N I think the NBA will try to put something together. That's a lot of money at stake. Same thing with the NHL. Baseball right now is bleeding money. So I think they will uh, figure out a way to get some sort of uh, game season going sometime in early July. There's going to be a training camp aspect to this because these teams that stopped uh, the NHL and the NBA, you know, they got to go back out there and for, and get themselves organized with sort of a, a we have been out for 10 weeks. You can't get these players hurt. And baseball hasn't had spring training for a long time. So there's going to be a, you know, reintroduction to their sports for these athletes and all three of them. Uh, but I do think that you'll see something uh, come July. I think it's funny. The one sport that has been unscathed is football. I mean, they ran their draft. All right, they wasn't in Vegas, but they ran it. They had great TV ratings. They released the schedule. They did free agency. And the NFL, which, you know, tramples on everything, uh, I, I have hard to believe that the NFL will get out of this um, scot-free. And remember, that is not a social distance sport. So I, I do think the NFL will have some of these things they will have to deal with. Plus, there might be that resurgence that we've all talked about sometime late in the fall. So the NFL will deal with this in some way, but I do think you will see something with the three sports uh, in July, uh, you know, maybe late June. I think you'll see something. NHL, NBA will resume. Maybe they shorten the regular season because they haven't quite finished their regular seasons. Maybe they don't bring teams back to play meaningless games who are out of it. They mm -hmm. might do that. And I think baseball will play an 80-game schedule, you know, and I think they'll try to keep the travel uh, limited, and I think they will try to do it in their home parks without fans. Yeah, yeah. So, so interesting. You know, there's a whole ecosystem around each one of these teams and around yeah. all of these sports, uh, particularly in baseball, where there's more people in the seats and more people buying expensive hot dogs and large beers. Uh, what do you make of South Korea, where they they have uh, cardboard people in the stands and they pump in music? What do you think? Yeah, these I'm not high on that. Uh, you know, we know there's not going to be fans, so let's not pretend. I know the broadcasters, I had Joe Buck on, and he said that uh, he was very concerned about doing baseball games without any soundtrack, you know, any uh, background noise. So, you know, I'll have to wait and see how that approaches. I'm not sure if they're going to be able to fool America. We know nobody's in the stands. So we'll see how that uh, works itself out. I mean, South Korea did a very good job with the testing. South Korea travels by bus, not as many teams, uh, but they have, uh, you know, gotten through their first three weeks in pretty good shape. You know, the German Soccer League played that first weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know, the golf season is going to begin in, uh, you know, they're going to try to play that Colonial there, uh, the Charles Schwab Classic in a couple of weeks down in Fort Worth. So uh, I, you will see things eventually, you know, open up. You had the little Roy McIlroy thing this week down at Seminole yeah. in the NASCAR. So, so you will see some things open up. Again, there's too much money involved. And there's going to come a point where people are going to say, no, it's a chance we're going to have to take. You know, keep the older folks maybe under wraps. My mother, for instance. Yeah. Uh, but let's go out there and, uh, you know, let's remember that uh, we have to figure out a way to keep these sports upright. I mean, baseball is getting murdered. And baseball, each game is about 35% is revenue, is, you know, game day revenue. Tickets, suites, wow. parking concessions, all those things. That's a lot of money for these franchises to lose. So I think that you will see baseball do anything they can 
to play some kind of schedule. I remember they get a lot of money from television. So yeah. if they can get into a postseason, they get $750 million from Fox, ESPN, and TNT. That's a lot of money to throw away. And they're losing, you know, a fortune. So, again, money talks, Peter. And I think you will see something with these three sports figure something out. I really do. Well, really fascinating, you know, the, the, the ecosystems around them. And then also the role of spectators. Do you think these games without spectators will be lesser because there's no native energy in the yeah. stadium? I think it will be very difficult to get used to for you and me watching. I think you will get used to it. I think under people will say this is better than nothing. So I do think, uh, you know, we'll get accustomed to it. But how the athletes respond without any energy in the building, and don't forget it's a big stadium, you know. Uh, the, the baseball is playing in major league ballparks. The NBA is going to be playing in empty arenas probably in Orlando. Uh, you know, I don't know what the NFL is going to do. It's too soon to make a determination on that. But those three sports, you know, that need energy from their buildings, and don't forget the NBA and the NHL are indoors. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's going to be very quiet. And uh, you're going to hear a lot of, uh, you know, sneakers squeaking on the floor. And it'll be interesting to see how these players handle that. Uh, I think they'll get used to it. You know, a, a game is a game. But I do think it will be a different experience for everybody involved. The players – and the viewers. Like everything else, you'll get used to it. Uh, but, you know, I think the one good thing that might come out of this, it might be a little bit more of an appreciation for fans. I think the athletes will miss not having the fans around. And, you know, the fans sometimes can be a pain in the neck. They boo, they this, they that. They get annoyed. You know, they, they, they run these players out of town. I think there'll be a little bit more appreciation. Fans for the athletes and not being able to be there live to see them. And the athletes not having a chance to play in front of anybody. So there might be a little bit more of a tighter bond here down the road. Yeah, yeah, really interesting. Uh, what about what about high school sports? Uh, what do you what things going to happen here? Are these football players all going to you know like you know up the middle for two and then land in a big pile on top of each other? Yeah, high school sports are a little different because it's not a monetary scenario. You know, uh, you know UCF. Uh, we had a guy on the other day, the AD at University of Central Florida. If they don't play football this year, they lose thirty million. Now, if New Canaan doesn't play football this year, they do not lose $30 million. So, I mean, it is a monetary scenario at college and the NFL. It is not a monetary scenario for the high schools. I'm sure there's a little monetary aspect to it. You know, the football program, they get people to go to the games and, you know, there's a school spirit involved and people buy T-shirts and, you know, they join the booster clubs and that, all that money counts, but it's not $30 million. Right, so thirty million dollars is incredible amount of money. Yeah, it's an so I think that you will see the high schools be a little bit more conservative than you will see the colleges be. So I'm not sure how to determine that. Uh, I do think some of these high school sports, soccer and football, are in jeopardy here for September. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I know the uh, baseball Hall of Fame took a pass on getting together this year and uh, everything. I think this is going to come, and there's just going to be. And the Football Hall of Fame is going to take a pass, too. Remember, they're a week after the Baseball Hall of Fame. Oh, that's and right. They're not, and they're not going to have people go to Canton. So you could say, I would think the same thing will happen with the Football Hall of Fame that happened with the Baseball Hall of Fame, I would think. Yeah. So what's the most radical thing that you think that nobody agrees with? I mean, you have, you have any thoughts about all this stuff that people, you know? Um... I, I think the radical thing is right now is how the players get paid. I mean, how do you handle the payers, players getting paid right now in these sports? I mean, uh, they're going to play in empty stadiums, so the revenue is not the same for the owners, so they're going to lose money in some cases by playing games. 
But by the same token, the players, do they take a pay cut when they're putting their health risk at line? I mean, let's face it. Uh, you know, Roger Goodell is not going to be on the field playing. The, the players are. So shouldn't the players not have any pay cuts based on the fact that they're at risk more than the owners and GMs and front office type? So uh, I think that will be – I think that will have to be debated. I mean, no, no, the players aren't going to get paid unless they go out there and perform. But the, the issue is how much of a deduction you give them when you consider that they are the ones who are at risk more than anybody else. So how do you handle that if you're trying to negotiate what they should be paid? So I, I think that will be a big debate without the fans um, in the three other sports. I remember the NBA player, a lot of them have already been paid because they played a large part of their season. The mm -hmm. NHL player has been paid. The baseball player has not been paid. So how this translates would be very interesting to keep an eye on. I think that would be debatable of how that works. I think the other thing that will be interesting is if there's some stadiums or counties that don't open up their states to these stadiums. Now, right now, it seems like California, New York, New York are going to open up their arenas and stadiums without fans for the Jets, the Giants, the Raiders, the Rams, and all these. But you know, there might be a state or two down the road that won't do that. And what do those teams that play in that state do? I think that would be interesting as well. Yeah, really, really interesting. And, and the, the way the virus hits, I mean, we don't know a lot about this virus and it seems to hit certain areas harder than others. And, you know, other, other states seem to get a pass. Who knows how that's all going to come out? Well, I, and I think that, uh, you know, the other thing that you got to be somewhat concerned about is the, you know, when this returns. That's why you are seeing baseball not playing more than 80 games. Because the last thing baseball can do is play a 130-game schedule, go, you know, into middle of November, pay all the players the regular season money, and then all of a sudden a pandemic, second pandemic hits, and they don't get their postseason money, and that's disaster. So yeah. that is why you will see baseball specifically make sure they end by Halloween, play a quick postseason, and get out of there. That's why yeah. Notre Dame is going to give you a two-month break from Thanksgiving through Christmas for their kids because they fear this second wave coming. They don't want anybody on campus. So you will see if that schedule condensed to stay away. Now, football can't do this, but the baseball can, the NBA can, the NHL can. You will see a scenario where these leagues will try to schedule it where they're off October or at least most of November and a little bit of December. You will see that. Yeah, interesting. So uh, you talk to people all day long. Uh, you talk to coaches and players. You have people calling in from around the country, people who are just crazy devoted to sports. Uh, do you have any sense over the past two months that uh, what's happening in psychic America, as people call in, the sorts of things they talk about, the role of sports in their mental health, you know, any, anything in that whole mix? Well, I think the most important thing is, is at least in my case, the fans want to hear you every day because it's a sense of normalcy. So, uh, you know, they, they have me on there. The fans that listen to me, you know, I give them something to think about. Hey, Russo's on, I put him on. So, I mean, there is a sense of decorum in your life. Okay, three o'clock, here comes Chris. Let's, let's. So that is my role. Uh, and I sort of take the place a little bit, uh, not having sports. Um, you know, that's where the Jordan documentary, that's why six, seven million people watched it. Uh, you know, that's why the ratings have been very good for these old time sports that have been put on the air. Uh, you know, sports is a common denominator and people miss it. And, and that's why Brady got so much attention uh, with going to Tampa. That's why, uh, you know, so many people watch the NFL draft uh, on television. They had 55 million people in a space to three days watch that. I mean, a lot of people watch that. And that's, that's nothing to watch. And they still 
or attached to it. So I, I think you have seen how important sports is uh, to society. And at least in my case, you know, I'm fulfilling a role for a lot of fans because I'm their thought to sports. So I try to go on there every day and give them sports in some capacity, whether that's old time stuff, uh, you know, something that is relatively current, as you say, with, you know, like, uh, you know, the NFL schedule, you know, breaking that down. So I try to do something that is sports related on a day in day out basis. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of Brady and Gronk going to Tampa? I think it's great for the league. I really do. Um, I think it's terrible for Tampa. They're going to maybe get Brady and Gronkowski and not be able to put fans uh, in the stadium. So I feel bad for them that they might actually have a decent team and they may not even have any fans there for a while. Because who knows if there's going to be fans in NFL stadiums come September 10th. Right now you'd have to say no, but, you know, who knows. Uh, so I, you feel bad for them there. And, you know, no home field in the NFL would be very interesting because home field in the NFL is very important. It's not important in baseball. The best player wins in basketball, so it doesn't really make any difference what the games are. But in football, the home field is important. You know, going to Green Bay is, is a big edge for the Packers when they have a team coming to visit them. So that will be a big thing with the schedule. Uh, I feel bad for the Tampa fan. But um, to me, you're only as strong as your weakest, weakest link. We all know Tampa's been a horrendous franchise for a long time. So having Gronk and Brady there to me is a positive. So I'm happy for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, in our household, we love to hate the Patriots. So for me, a very confusing, just really confusing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a two-pronged attack. You, you're very curious to see how Belichick handles it without Brady. Yeah. And you're very interested to see how Brady plays without Belichick. So you're really you're putting interest with two franchises. Tampa's historically bad. Now Brady goes there. And you see if Brady can somehow turn them around. And who would doubt him? And Belichick, you know, the great coach, now he's there, of course, in uh, Tampa, in uh, New England. He doesn't have the great quarterback. Can he be respectable? Can he be a, have a decent club? So those two things will be interesting to keep an eye on with the NFL if, in fact, we get it going in September. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should put Belichick on the, uh, the COVID-19 uh, White House committee. You know, he's really good with strategy. Maybe uh, give Belichick another job here if it doesn't Yeah, care. he is. If anybody can fix it, it's him. I think Belichick's looking forward to the challenge. I think so is Brady. I think in a lot of ways, being a part will motivate the both of them. So I think it would be fun to watch that. Well, I, I, you know, I'm not, as I said, we're, we're sort of categorically opposed to uh, New England. But I must say, I was distressed last year when I saw Tom Brady missing guys, uh, overthrowing players in the, in, you know, in the middle range that he used to nail perfectly every time. I, I was like, holy smokes, I don't know if he's, if he's you know, lost the magic dust or something like that. Yeah, he didn't play. You know, he didn't have a lot to work with, but he did look older. Uh, but he's going to go to Tampa. he got good weather. Uh, you know, he's got good receivers, you know, Gronkowski yeah. included. He'd be extra motivated. Uh, I would not – I would at least for this first year, I'd expect Brady to play well. Uh, now, he is 43 years of age. Sooner or later, he's going to – he's going to – it's going to be too – he's going to be too old. You know, eventually he's not going to be able to play anymore. Uh, but I do think at least this first year he'll play well. I really do. Yeah. Now, we'll see about the – we'll see about how the sport's going to operate. Because, again, no fans is going to change the whole impact of it. You know, it's going to be weird if, you know, again, going to Lambeau, is not, it's going to – no fans is going to put everybody in the middle because the no fans hurts the good team because the good team's going to win four or five road games anyway. It's the, but he's not going to have a home field advantage. So he'll lose a couple of extra games at home because there's no big deal playing a home game. So I think you'll see a much more parity if there's no – uh, fan base in, in this sport with the fans. Oh, uh, yeah. No, really, really interesting. 
Uh, I'm a football fan, and, and I, I sort of can't wait to see it, too. But uh, I think we're going to see something that's different. Okay, just a gear switch here, because I know you, you got to go back and you got to go back in your own radio show a little bit. Uh, okay, so you've been home. Uh, you got your mom living a ways nearby. Uh, you what about right. going? To, what about going to church on TV? What's that been like for you? I have done it. A, I did it for Easter. Uh, I saw you another time. Uh, you know, I I have I don't go as much, and it's my era when the weather gets nice in the summer because that's in the Sunday mornings is a chance to go out there and play sports. So I don't, so my attendance is not great. Forgive me, Father, the whole bit. It's not great there uh, from Memorial Day on. Uh, but, um, and I also pay attention to the, to the Catholic stuff too. Right. And I did watch the Easter, I watched an Easter service from South Bend, by the way. Oh, wow. uh, so I watched that, yep, because they had one. Uh, but uh, you have done a superb job with the streaming. Uh, it is weird not being able to take communion, uh, yeah. but I have watched. I've seen my my mom has watched. She loves the Thursday choir thing uh, yeah. because they do a Zoom thing on Thursdays with the choir. Um, it'd be interesting to see how many people zip back to church when this is over eventually, and when church opens, they've gotten used to watching it on the stream. They may not feel they have to go so much. That would be interesting to see if you can bring your flock back. Uh, to St. Mark's, but it, uh, you know, uh, it, it is, listen, it's, it's, it's not exactly the same, but it's needed, the streaming stuff, it's needed on Sundays. Yeah, just uh, a few things here. One, I got my book of common prayer here. I don't know that there's a place for confession for golfing during the summertime here, uh, in here. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I think the future of the church um, is going to be a hybrid future. It's going to be a change future. We have people who are streamed from all over the country and, you know, out of the country. And uh, we have, as I said, we have many, 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 many more people uh, streaming our services than come face-to-face. -face. So I think in the future, there's going to be a whole portion of people that can't wait to see each other face-to-face -face and hug each other and actually see a human being with flesh. And others are going to be like, man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine in my PJs in Florida. It's like it. You know. But it's, it's, it's like work. A lot of people are going to learn how to work from home. Yeah. So they're going to stay working from home. Some miss the environment of the office and some like it. They don't have to commute. It's, it's the same scenario here for church. Some people say, you know what? I can watch it more casually, but I can still feel the church vibe if I zoom, if I watch, if I stream it. And then other people say, you know what? Church is not the same with us. I'm actually in the building. So, and I can take my communion. So yeah, but yeah I, I think you will have a, a little bit of a hybrid thing. I still think most people though, uh, we'll go to church. Uh, I, I miss not being in the station. Uh, you know, I, though I do commute three hours a day when I do commute in the city, I do miss that. Um, I don't necessarily miss it in the summertime when the weather's nice, but I do miss it uh, in the um, uh, day-to-day. -day. You don't have that vibe when you're at home. So I, I will see myself going right back into the New York City area, but I see a lot of people say, you know what the heck with it, I'll work from home. Yeah, yeah. Uh Media. So this is having a huge effect on churches. It's having a huge effect on sports franchises. Tell me about the sports media business. Uh, is this going to be a shakeout in that, or is everybody more or less holding on and talking about whatever they can talk about? Well, I think people have taken pay cuts in the media. You've seen ESPN announcers mm -hmm. have taken pay cuts. NBC announcers have taken pay cuts. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no games to broadcast, and you know you got to almost share the load as far as the losses are concerned. Um, you know, you've seen radio station hosts take take pay cuts. I mean, uh, you know, it's hurt the newspapers. I mean, it, it's definitely hurt the media. Um, you know, there's, I don't forget the newspaper business is not exactly flourishing anyway. 
so it, it has it has hurt the media a lot. Um, you know, no advertising for terrestrial radio stations. You know, why would you advertise? You can't go to the stores anyway. Uh, subscriptions for Sirius would hurt because less people are buying cars. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, and, and advertising. So, you know, you get hurt there. So it, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely hurt the media business. There's no question. Now, remember, from a television standpoint, they don't have to pay the right fees. So they get a little break there. You know, there wasn't the masters. So CBS didn't have to pay the masters billions of dollars. Yeah. Uh, you got to keep that in mind. You know, it's funny. Wimbledon was the smart one. They're the only tennis tournament that had Pandora, uh, had pandemic insurance. So Wimbledon canceled early, if you noticed, and they got $141 million because of an, an insurance. They paid a $2 million premium a year, and then they got a $141 million check by canceling the event from a pandemic. So Wimbledon actually almost would do them good to cancel They can, from a money perspective. The U.S. Open, the French Open, and places like that didn't buy the insurance for a pandemic. Wimbledon did. So, but the rights fees, there's no rights fees right now. So a lot of media companies have saved money with their rights fees. You know, I remember these rights fees are very expensive. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, overall, you know, I'm sure they're losing a fortune. I think Sirius is hung in there pretty well. Uh, but uh, we haven't had really a lot of cutbacks yet at Sirius. But, uh, you know, it's not going to last forever. It's only been eight, 10 weeks, 12 weeks. This lasted six months. You're going to see some real big hits. Yeah. It's all at the point that it's not been unbelievably damaging. You know, you get to the summer and this goes on in the fall, then it's a major problem. Yeah. Well, it, you know, I, I, whatever the new normal is going to be uh, until we all have vaccines and, and all kinds of treatments and testings and this and that, clearly we're in for a different world here for the next year, year and a half, I think. Uh, you need a vaccine. Need a vaccine. Yeah. 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 Well, Chris, man, I just love talking to you. And I'm really grateful that you came on uh, to speak with me here today. I really believe that uh, there's a kind of there's a kind of heaviness about things. And and gotta make it light. You gotta make it light. Yeah, yeah. And, and so that's what I'm doing. I'm serving up you to our people here and the people beyond us so that they can they can hear the liveliness in your voice and know that it ain't over yet because you're still barking out the man. This is not gonna last, Peter. This is not gonna last forever. I, sooner or later, you know, they're going to find something to take care of this uh, and you're going to be able to control it. You're either going to get uh, vaccines to make sure you don't die or you're going to get a vaccine to make sure you don't get it. Yeah. Sooner or later, this is going to happen. It might be another eight months, but this is, you know, I'm sure England in 1940 thought the bombing would never end. It eventually did. And I'm sure, so eventually this will end. When, who knows? You know, hopefully sooner rather than later, but this is not going to go on forever. That's why it, it's true. And I love the historical perspective, knowing that you were a history major there at Rollins College. Right. Uh, you have vocation to reading those big, fat history books that you do and bemoaning the fact that your kids don't know anything about World War II. Oh, it's got to be crazy. They wouldn't know who Churchill was if they fell on him. For I, that was, every time when we come to June 6th, I always oh, tune into your show because I know you're going to be upset that they're, they don't understand yeah, no, the invasion no, no, or something like yeah. that. I always, always love that. Hey, I also want to say I'm grateful to Tim, whose Zoom account I'm using right now. It's good to have an in-home. He gets paid, Peter. Don't be so. Uh, don't be. So, don't be too thankful. He's getting paid by the old man. So he. I hope he's getting paid because the <laughs> old man, the old man's useless without him. No, uh, I'm, I'm terrible without him. I can't. You wouldn't hear me. I mean, he uh, is the guy electronically. I tell you, when once you gave me, once you told me it was going to run through him, I knew everything was going to be fine. We'd be on. I, I thought if I was left to you, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is never going to happen. Anyway, hey, uh, we all love you. Uh, Good job, Peter. Keep in touch, pal. Okay, pal. Hey, take care, peace man. Soon. Talk to you again soon. Okay. Yeah, peace.